that. Well, if you have your Bibles, open to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. We have been in a series entitled The Summer of Wisdom, where we've been spending our summer just seeking God through his word and asking that he would speak wisdom to us through his word. And today we're going to jump into uh, that, that idea, that topic. And today the title of the message, if you're taking notes, you can write it down, is Mapping the Root. Mapping the Root. Not like root of a tree, but route. Some of you might understand it if I say mapping the route in which we go. Uh, recently, uh, my family and I, we, we went on a vacation. We traveled to the East Coast for about 10, 12 days and had a great time. But one of the things that we did before we, we left was we kind of mapped out the route that we wanted to take, mapped out the, the route we wanted to drive and travel on, which roads, which roads we didn't want to, uh, what towns we wanted to hit at what time. Come on, how do you know when you're driving through Nashville, Tennessee, and it's 5 o'clock, you might as well just go ahead and park your car somewhere and wait for about an hour. And so we mapped the route we wanted to go, when we wanted to be, certain places we kind of knew about when we would need to get gas. And then, of course, you have all the unexpected, Daddy, and like eyes are yellow, and you're like, hold it five more hours, it'll be fine, child. And uh, we had mapped all of those things out, and one of the great things was that because we mapped out our route, we were able to end up where we wanted to go. It's rare that we just end up places on accident, isn't it? You have to intend to go somewhere if you're going to get there. My wife and my daughter, they have this uh, weird thing. I don't get it. Uh, they love maps. Like at every rest stop in every new state, my daughter was so excited because she got to get a new map. And uh, they loved to look over it, and they talked about it. And every once in a while, my wife would turn around and say, hey, how much further until this exit, sweetheart? And she'd, like, get her map out and figure it out. And I'm like, I don't know, ask Siri. She'll tell you. That's all I need, right? Give me a little Siri, and I'm good to go. But we, we loved, they loved in particular to really study and engage and look at the map. I believe that in our lives... Many people have yet to really map out where they want to go in life. I think many of us are just kind of taking it day by day as it comes. Here's what we've got, an opportunity to do. We've got this, we've got that. But few of us intend to get somewhere. We map the route along the way to actually get there and experience arriving at our, our destination. I know many people who, are, uh, who often live with a little bit of angst, a little underlying frustration in their life because they feel like where they're going in life feels like it has very little purpose. Where they're really confused as to what is the point of all of this in our life. Many people, they hear things like, God has a plan for your life, and they're like, yeah, that'd be nice to know, wouldn't it? Where they hear things like God's will for your life, and you're like, yeah, I didn't know God had a last name named Will. I'd like to meet him, right? Who's God's will? Who's, who's his cousin named Will? And we're trying to figure out what God's will is for our life, 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 life. And it seems some really big idea that always seems to escape us. And I know many people who often feel lost, who feel trapped, who feel like they're not really going somewhere on purpose. They're feeling lost in the direction of their lives. I mean, they have a job. They've got a wife and a kids, and, and they've got, you know, some land, and they've got some things going for them. It's not like life is bad. It just feels like life is missing some purpose. 
Like, is there something bigger? Is there something more? Is there something that we should be achieving and striving and driving towards? But we don't know how to get there. And that's because we have yet to discover the way to map the route of our lives till we end up at God's will. See, you will not end up in God's will on accident. You will end up God's, in God's will for your life when you make an intentional decision to get a hold of the map and to begin to walk in accordance with the steps that he has for you. The Bible says that it's the steps of a righteous person those are the ones that are ordered by God. They are steps that God has designed, intended, and there is a sequence of events that God wants you to walk in in your life. God knows the beginning from the end. The cool thing about God is he's not bound by time and space. He can move and understand and see at any point in your life where you need to be and what you need to be there. He's got it kind of mapped out. There's a, there's a general map in store. There's some good things that God has for you and he has for me. And he wants you to walk in that plan and in that purpose. And sometimes we feel like we are missing our opportunity, like we're missing our purpose. Like, ah, I missed it. It was a few years ago and I missed the turn and I should have taken that job, but I didn't take the job. And we just feel kind of stuck as if it's impossible now to actually get back on track. It's, I'm too late in life. I, I started coming to church way too late in life. I, I don't think God can get me back on track. I mean, I've already lived most of my life up until this point in time. There can't be any more purpose or any more future for me. It's just kind of is what it is, and I just got to make the most of it. And I, and I would beg you to reconsider that thought process because God is not limited by your past decisions. God can re-navigate and help you discern and discover what his actual will is for your life. And when we talk about God's will, it seems really big and really grand, and we kind of touch into this idea of the sovereignty of God. And, and I know a lot of people who kind of live their life thinking, well, if it happened to me, it had to be God's will. Because after all, God is sovereign. In other words, anything God wants to happen is going to happen. If it's in my life, it's because God wanted it in my life. The problem is that is a misinterpretation of good theology to where you end up with a misunderstanding as it relates to God's will. As if to say everything that happens is God's desire. I don't think so. In fact, I know that's not the case. I know that there are things that we experience in our lives that are not God's will for our lives, but they, we experience them nonetheless. You know why God's will doesn't always win? You wanna know why? Because you have a will too. And your will, I know this is going to blow some of your minds, your will always supersedes God's will. In this day, in this hour, in this time and space that we live in, your will always wins out against God's will. God will not make you do anything you don't want to do. God cannot do anything that you do not yourself allow or permit to exist into your life. There's nothing that's going to happen into your life. And not everything that happens is because God willed it. Sometimes you willed it. And therefore it happened. And so we have to take a step back. I mean, there will be one day 
that no matter where you stand in life, every tribe, every tongue, every person, every human being that has breath in the lungs will bow down and recognize, oh my goodness, God is God. And at that point in time, it's too late. Either you're on this side of the cut or you're on that side of the cut. And so the day is coming one day when God will regain full will and his will will all ultimately be poured out into the world. And he resets it and it makes it beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And it restores everything that is broken and tears are wiped from eyes and there's no more pain and no more sickness. But until that day comes, your will still reigns supreme in your life. God has desires. God has character. God has a plan. God has hopes. God has dreams for you. But until you align with the route that he has for your life, you will live based upon your will instead of his will. Jesus illustrated it best. when you Remember the story when he was in the garden and he was praying and it was in his last moments. He was in such stress, such distress, such anxiousness that his body literally started sweating blood. His capillaries just started bursting and blood started pouring from his veins. And and the reason was because he was in such anguish because he knew what was coming. He knew that the next step was dying on a cross. And he said, God, if there's any other way, can we like not do this? That would be great. I would love to not die on a cross tonight, God. Nevertheless, not My will, but yours be done. I think God is wanting to map a route that allows us to one day say, God, not my will, but yours. God, not my will, but yours. I believe that if you want to know God's will, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you want to know God's will, you have to start reading his word. If you want to know God's will for your life, you have to start reading his word. His word is his will. His word is his will. When you think about the legal, the legal uh, term, someone's will, their last will and testament, in other words, they write out what their desire is for all of the things that they own. Right? All of their property, what goes to who, it's deeded this place, and this person gets this, and this person gets the china, and this person gets the guns, and this person gets this. This is the will that a person has. God has one of those things written down too for his children to read and discover and learn what his will is. It's called the Bible. It is his will written down So we can walk in accordance to his wishes, in accordance to his character, in accordance to his desires. His word is his will. So if you're sitting there and you've got a little of that angst, you're wondering, okay, how do I walk in purpose? How is it that, I mean, what's the point of all this? I mean, is it really this? Is it really that? I mean, does God really care? What about this situation? What about this area? What about this? And oh man, I just, it's frustrating here. And you, you feel that tension, like you're lost, like you don't know the purpose of your life, like you're not sure. I mean, what is God's will anyways for anyone's situation? If you ever felt that tug of war on the inside of you. The only way you're going to discover the proper answers to those scenarios is when you read God's word. When you read his word, God's word maps the route to his will. God's word maps the route 
to his will. The Bible says your word, Psalms 119 says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. A path is what you walk in. It's a lamp that goes right out in front of you that shows you one step after another step. See, a lot of us aren't walking in God's word. We're not walking according to his will because we wanna know every step. And he's like, nah, dog, you get one. Sometimes you get two. You get this step and the next step, but the other steps are still in darkness. Why? Because it's his word that lamps this step. And it's his word that lamps the next step. And then the next step. And then the next step. And if we will take step by step, day by day, walking in accordance to his map that he's routed for us, we will end up into the destiny and the will that he has for you and for me. But it all starts with his word. God's word maps the route. God's word is what brings revelation to our hearts. God's word is is what reveals his wisdom. God's word is what reveals his wisdom. Uh, God's word is what speaks. I don't know if you knew this or not, but God still speaks. He wants to speak through his voice and a whisper to your heart and speak to you. Sometimes it shows up in a thought. Sometimes it shows up in just an impression that you have. But God still speaks. And he wants to speak to you directly, not just to me. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to us all. And if we can listen in to what God wants to say, we will begin to hear him. God still speaks. It's both written in his word and verbal to our hearts. God still speaks, and he speaks through his word. He speaks through his word. He speaks through his word. God is not limited in his wisdom. We serve a God who is not limited in his wisdom. The Bible, there's a big word that is used in in theology uh, called the omniscience of God, that God is omniscient. It just simply means that he is all-knowing. Like science, knowledge, he is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. God's wisdom knows no limits. He has the answers that any one person needs. We've just got to pause long enough to hear him speak. And we've got to seek him long enough to discover it. God wants to speak to you and he wants to speak of his wisdom and he wants to speak of his word. And and when we discover those things, we begin to walk in his plans and walk in his patterns and we begin to, to live out his, we get to live out his will. Why? Because he speaks, he's not limited. God has never had a thought occur to him. Think about it. He never been like, you know, I was just thinking. You know, I had a thought the other, like nothing ever like epiphany, like there are no epiphanies for God. Uh, and, and newsflash, you've never taught God anything that he didn't already know. Right? Never, never once. Why? Because he's not limited in his knowledge. He has infinite knowledge and wisdom. So the question is, how can we really discern this will? If if, if we've got to get into God's word, what does that look like? What What does that mean? How do we do that? Well, I want to walk real practically through this passage, Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1. And we're going to read about six verses. I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to kind of walk back, walk back through them. So Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 1 says this, my son... If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, 
turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand. I want you to underline that, that, that verse. Then you will understand the fear or the awe or the reverence of God and find the knowledge. You'll find the knowledge of God. Four, I love verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom. What does the Lord wanna give you? Wisdom. What is wisdom gonna help you to do? Walk in his will. The Lord wants to give you wisdom. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but God wants you to walk in his will and in his plan more than you want to walk in his will and in his plan. Like he deeply desires you to do that because he knows the blessing and the benefit. I know a lot of people who struggle to hear and learn and discover, man, they're really having a hard time. I don't know what God's will is in this situation. I don't know what God wants me to do here. And they struggle and they wrestle with that as if God is withholding something from them and he's not gonna give it to them because like they want it more than he does, but he's just being mean. No, God wants to give it. God wants to reveal to you what you need to do, what investments you need to make more than you wanna know what investments to make. God wants to reveal to you who you need to marry more than you wanna know who you are supposed to marry. God wants to help you understand how to parent your children more than you wanna know how to parent your children. God wants to help you walk in his will more intently and deeper as a deeper desire than anything you've ever meant, which means that God's not holding back on you but he does let you seek after it. Why? Because God's not gonna give you anything you don't want. Because your will is involved. And when your will finally decides to pursue it, then God begins to reveal it. When your will decides to pursue it, eventually your, uh, he, de- he desires, he begins to reveal it to you. I said it better the first time. Rewind the, the, the audio online and then write that one down. Messed it up the second time it came out. I want to walk back through this text in Proverbs chapter 2, and I, I want to break it down, and I want us to, to really grab a hold of some things because if we want to know God's will, we've got to get into his word. And so Proverbs 2 helps us with this. The first thing he says is, my son, if you accept my words, if you accept my words. In other words, we can accept or we can reject God's word in our lives. You can accept what God is saying or you can reject it. The choice is yours. You can accept that Jesus is Lord or you can reject the fact that Jesus is Lord. You can accept the fact that God has redeemed you and saved you or you can reject that very fact. You can accept the fact that he is supreme and he is Lord and he's the one who gets to call the shots or you can reject that fact and still live accordance to your will. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. It's completely your choice whether you do it or not. It's a choice that we all have. And here's the deal. We don't get to Ricky Bobby God's word. Some of you are like, Ricky Bobby, who? He's a character in a movie from Talladega Nights that I highly recommend you not watch. <laughs> Again, heathens, all of you. 
in that movie, there's a scene where they're having dinner time and it's time to say grace, you know, because that's what everybody does. And he starts to pray, dear baby Jesus, I'd like to thank you for this Taco Bell feast. And all of a sudden, his wife interrupts, you can't pray to baby Jesus, you got to pray to grown-up Jesus. He's like, I'm saying grace, I can pray to whatever Jesus, I like gold diaper in the manger, sweet baby Jesus with wings. And then all of the family starts chiming in as to which Jesus they like to pray to. Friends, we don't get to choose God. We don't get to choose our version of God's will. His will is his will. You don't get to change it. You either accept it or you don't. You don't get to tailor make it. Well, I'm going to accept this part of God's will for my life, but I'm not going to accept that part of God's will. I mean, I'm going to accept the part where it says if I praise him, he'll bless me, and I want all the blessing, 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 blessing. But I'm going to ignore the part where he says shut your mouth and quit being a gossip because I like to talk. No, no, you don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. We accept it or we don't. We don't get to color Jesus the way we want him. I like Jesus who just loves everybody, doesn't tell anybody the truth. I like Jesus that's flipping tables and throwing whips and kicking people out. I like, you don't get to pick. He is Jesus. And the same is true when it comes to his word. We don't get to pick the stuff in his word that we like and reject the stuff that we don't like. It's his will. It's written down. You don't have the legal right to change his will. Just like we don't get the legal right to change grandma's will when she passes away. We don't get to interpret it. We don't get to change it. We, we accept it or we reject it. The same is true. And he says, my son, if you will accept my words, if you'll accept my words, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to accept his word. That's why water baptism is so incredibly important because it is the public reading, if you will, where you go publicly and you say, it's no longer my will that I'm living according to. I'm now living according to God's will for my life. The old is getting buried. I'm leaving my will in the water. And I'm coming up saying, I'm going to follow my Lord. It's his will, not mine. Not my will anymore, God, but yours. Be seen and lived out in my life. If you've never made the decision to be water baptized, if you've, maybe it happened when you were a kid, but you've had some life experiences between then and now, can I encourage you, friends? Sign up to be baptized. Take that next step and finally go public and say, not my will anymore. Nope, nope, nope. I'm living with his will. Don't leave today until you sign up for that next step of water baptism. Some of you, you need to pull out your phones right now, get on the mobile app and sign up today because if you don't do it now, you're not gonna do it tomorrow. Right here in this moment, you need to make the commitment, God, not my will, but yours be done. The second thing that he says is, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, store up my commands within you, store them up, gather them. Don't let them out of your sight. Don't, don't let them in and then go out. No, bring them in, bring them in, bring them in, store them up, store them up. Proverbs 3 talks about Take the words, son, and bind them around your neck. Write them on your heart. Put them on the doorpost. The Jewish people were famous for writing things on the door frames in their houses. 
having things burned and etched in so that every time they walked through that doorway, they were reminding themselves of what God had said. And every time they walked under what God said, they were reminding themselves that I have come in submission under God's word. I'm coming under God's promises. I'm coming under, they're submitting their life. Why? Because they were storing it up. They didn't want to lose their words. They didn't want to go away. They kept it in their minds. Store it up, store it up, store it up. I love how at all of our giving boxes, all through our sanctuary, where you can give on your way in or on your way out, on all of them, you'll see scriptures written. Why? Because those scriptures remind us of what we're doing. They're reminding us that we're coming in agreement with God's word and his will for our lives. We're coming in agreement with those things. They have those things written down. Why? Because we want to store them up in our lives Psalms 119 says, hide your word in my heart. God, I'm going to take your word and I'm going to hide it so that I won't sin against you. What do they mean by hide it? Memorize it. Memorize it. When you start to memorize God's word, it gets into your heart. When you meditate on God's word and you think about it again and again and again, it gets into your heart. And when it's into your heart, it eventually shows up as you live your life. Why? Because everything that you do in life comes from your heart. Every action, every decision, every reaction is a result of something that is growing and that exists in the construction of your heart. Every good, every bad, it's in your heart. And when we meditate on God's word again, and when we think about it, when we read it, when we speak it out, what are we doing? We're changing our minds and our hearts about a subject. And when we do that, we are storing God's word in our heart. You know why I think it's so great that he says, hide God's word in your heart so that you won't sin against God. You want to know why? Because I think one thing is when you hide it and you tuck it away in your heart, it has a way of showing up in a situation when you need it the most. Like when you need access to that scripture, to that truth, to that reminder of God's will, it's it's right here. You don't have to reach very far when it's tucked away and it's memorized in your heart. I'm so thankful that as a child growing up, I was taught the discipline to memorize God's word. I love that in our faith kids environments, every week we are helping the kids memorize a scripture. Why? Because it's got to get in their hearts. And when it's in our hearts and in the moment when we're tempted, in the moment when we want to go the wrong way, in a moment when we want to go off route for our lives, we have it away in our heart and we can pull it up and be like, nope, 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 I need to go this way instead. And it helps keep us on the path that we need to walk. But you know the second reason why I think it says to hide God's word in your heart to keep us from sinning? Because for some people who have walked with God for a long time, we wear the scripture that we know like some badge of courage. Like, I got this memorized. I've read this before. I can say this and this and this. The Bible says that pride is like knowledge being puffed up. And I think that if we hide it in our heart, then it stays hidden and we don't have to put it on t-shirts and everything to remind everybody around us how spiritual we are. Why? Because it's hidden, can be seen. In other words, just because you know something about God doesn't mean you've got to flaunt that you know it about God. Some things God says to you, you just need to keep hidden in your heart. 
I said this week in one of the videos that I did as I've been kind of sharing a little thought every day on social media as I've been reading the Proverbs, the proverb of that day, just kind of sharing a thought. And one of them this week, we were talking about the, the, the words that we say and the big idea was this, just because it's right doesn't give you the right to say it. There are some things God says to you, you just need to tuck away in your heart and let them be right in you. But just because it's right doesn't mean you have the right to say it to somebody else. It may be true. They may be being a jerk, but it doesn't give you the right to tell them off about their jerkiness. Just because it's right doesn't give you the right. We've got to hide it in our heart. The the word picture that I had as I was just studying and really meditating on this as it relates to hiding God's word in our hearts, it's like a treasured pocket watch. You guys ever seen those? Those really expensive, really nice, vintage-looking pocket watches? And they would like be able to click and they'd flip open. They're two-sided. One has something of great value and sentimental, something that they wanted to remind themselves of so that every time they opened it, they would be reminded of that person, that thing, that event, and it would remind them. But it also would tell them something pertinent, the time. Every time. And then when they were done, they would just take it, stick it away back in their pocket. It was always with them. When they needed to be reminded of that person or that event, they'd pull it out and look at it. And when they needed to know something important, like uh, something important that was pertinent to where they were at in that moment, the time, they could pull it out and look at it for that reason. And then when they were done, they would put it right back. That's what God's word is. When you have God's word memorized, when you need to remember what God said, you can just pull it out and start remembering and saying the scripture to yourself. And you can put it right back. It carries with you everywhere you go. It's valuable. It's something close that you keep on your person all the time. And when you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure, you have a question, like, what time is it? Should I go in this direction? Do I need to do this? Is this an opportunity I need to take? How do I respond? I, I want to write an email in all caps. I probably ought not an e- write an email at all, right? Like you're not sure what you're supposed to do in any one situation. You can pull it out and look at it and find the inspiration. You can find the information. You can find the thing that you need. Why? Because it's hidden, tucked away, close by in your heart and in your life. You've got to hide God's word. You've got to bring it into you. You've got to store it up. Store it up, store it up, store it up. God's word needs to be stored up in your heart. He goes on to say, store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom. Turning your ear towards wisdom. I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we turning our ear toward? Sometimes, if you want to know the wisdom of God and you want to hear God speak, you've got to turn down the other voices and influences in your life so that you can hear God speak. God's not going to shout to get your attention. He's going to wait till he has your attention. And then he'll speak. Some of you have been waiting, trying to figure out, God, what's my purpose? What's this going on? But you've got... A lot of people in your life, you need to turn the volume down. Their influence in your life needs to go way down. There are some things that you're listening to, you just need to turn that down for a little bit. There's some activities that you're doing, you just need to turn the intensity of that down for a little bit. Why? 
Because faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. You need to hear God's word. I wonder if you would be willing to make a commitment tonight, this morning, to say every night as I'm going to sleep, I'm going to listen to God's word. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to read a book. I'm, not going to, no, I'm just going to turn on, pull open my YouVersion Bible app, find a section of scripture. I'm going to find a nice audio version of it. I'm going to hit play, and I'm going to listen to God's word as I, as I sleep. I wonder if some of you might make a commitment today that says, as I'm driving to and from my work, my farm, the store, running errands, I'm going to turn my ear towards God's word instead of towards the talk radio that I normally listen to. I'm gonna turn my ear towards the things of God and I'm gonna turn up God's voice, his word in my life and I'm going to turn down the other things that are happening in my, I'm gonna turn down the number of times that I'm on Facebook and I'm gonna turn up the number of times that I open and put my face in God's word. I'm gonna turn my ear towards wisdom. Some of us never hear God speak because we never turn other things down and God's not gonna compete. He's not gonna compete. He's gonna wait for you to submit. That's just how he does it. You have to turn down the noise in your life. Turn your ear towards wisdom, verse 2 says, and applying your heart to understanding. Applying your heart to understanding. Apply your heart to understanding. When you start to hear God's word, when you start to hear what God's will is for your life, just hearing it isn't enough. You actually have to start doing it. You have to start doing it. Transformation in your life will show up when you start with the application into your life. Transformation, things start to change in your life, not just because you start showing up to church more often. That's a great start. I highly recommend regular church attendance. But that alone isn't gonna change your life. It's when you take the words that you're hearing and you start living them out that's when you start living out God's will for your life. Why? Because it's really the transformation shows up in the application. Application is so key because we begin to understand it better when we put our hands to it. Several years ago, I, uh, there was a need in, in the church that I was serving to learn uh, graphics and to design things. And, and I had like this eye for it. I kind of knew what I what kind of looked good, but I had no skills, zero computer graphic skills. And the way that I learned wasn't just by sitting by and watching tutorials online. I watched several. But you wanna know how I really began to develop a skill? I started messing around with the programs. I would pull something in, I'd start clicking buttons. That button didn't work so well. I'm gonna click a different button. And I would start applying and doing and working right alongside the, the different things and the tutorials. Why? Because I wanted to improve. I wanted to see the skill grow. Listen, if you wanna grow in the wisdom and the knowledge, you've gotta start applying it. The same is true when I learned how to play the, play the guitar. I started learning how to play the guitar. I had a teacher who was showing us all of these chords, but it wasn't until I actually grabbed the guitar myself 
grabbed my fingers and made them stretch in ungodly, awful, painful positions. And it wasn't until I did it enough that I grew calluses on my fingertips so that it didn't make me want to cry like a little baby every time I played the guitar. And it took a long time, but it was when I started to apply, started to learn, started to do that I actually improved and I grew. In your spiritual walk, it's not until you begin to apply it, you begin to put your hands on it, you begin to do it, you begin to work it in, integrate it in to your life that you actually begin to see the fruit of those things. You can listen to it all day long, and it's good. You'll have a great amount of faith for it. But it's faith without works, God says, is dead. It is dormant. It is lifeless. It doesn't produce anything. And we've got to begin to do it. You know, there there are um, four main, and, and, and they've even broadened it out lately and said that there are six different learning styles that people have. You've got the, the auditory uh, way where people learn through music and hearing. You have verbal where people prefer to, to learn using both words and speech and in writing. So, so it's a verbal thing when they read it that they get it, uh, physical, where you prefer uh, to learn kind of using your body and the, the, the kinesthetics of it all, and you start to, to get it, and the sense of touch helps reinforce what it is that you're learning. Some people have a learning style um, that is just logical, like you prefer logic, reasoning, and systems, and when things are presented in that way, man, it just clicks. You get it. You have understanding of it. And when, you, when sometimes uh, people learn socially, right? When they're learning in groups, when they get to talk about it, when they get to, to run their mouths about, like they just have a way, they just retain so much more information when they can be social with it. And then there are some people who prefer to work alone, this solitary way of learning. Can I tell you something though? Universally, you want to know when you retain the most of all of them. You got to know your style. You got to know how I'm definitely a hands-on and like an auditory guy. Those are the things for me that I really begin to retain and it gets into me and I can start doing it. But when you, re- when you hear something, but then you go and you share it with somebody else, they say exponentially you begin to retain what it is that you learn. So when you hear God's word and you go talk with your spouse of what it, what it is that God's saying to you, you start to retain that more. When you hear God's word and you talk about it with somebody else, like in a connect group or in, in, in your home on the way, at the dinner table, you begin to recoup and you remember and you retain those things even more because when we talk about those things and we apply them into our lives, that's when change begins to happen. Finally, in this section of scripture that we read, verse four, he goes on to say, and if you look for it, ask for silver. And if you search for it, ask for hidden treasure. Listen, if you wanna know God's word, if you wanna know God's will for your life, if you wanna know and discover what his purpose is for your life, it starts obviously with accepting the fact that his word is his will. And so if it says it, we need to do it. It goes secondly by us beginning to memorize and storing up God's word into our heart. And then we take it a step further and we not only store it up in our heart, but we begin to tune our ear towards wisdom and we turn down the other voices that aren't God's wisdom in our lives. And then we begin to apply it, what we hear, we begin to apply it. All of a sudden we start to to find ourselves moving and acting in God's will and in his ways, but then 
But then the very last thing that we've got to do is remember to keep searching for it. I know too many people that open the scripture, read it, and be like, okay, that was good. It didn't change anything yet. Oh, I read it today, but it didn't really speak to my personal situation today. Or I read it, and I didn't have, like, any goosebumps, and heavens weren't singing, and I didn't have, like, this awe-inspiring moment, and it just was blah. He says, do all those things, do all those things, do all those things, but keep searching. Keep looking. Don't give it one pass and be done with it. Don't give it, well, I went to church for a while. It just didn't take. No. Keep going. Keep searching. Keep at it. Like a, somebody panning for gold. Always on the lookout. Let me see, let me see, let me see. No, that's not it. Let me get some more in here. Let me get some more in here. And you're sifting through things and you're filtering through things and you're trying, God, I want to know your will for my life. I got, I know I'm not, I'm not done. I want to keep walking. I need to know more. I got, I want to grow in your wisdom. I want to grow in your ways. I'm going to keep shuffling through and shuffling through. You've got to keep searching God's word. And when you search God's word, you'll find instruction. You'll find the correction sometimes that you need on your course. You'll find the things that bring encouragement to you. You've just got to keep searching God's word. You've got to keep searching it. You've got to keep going to it. I'm not sure I understand it. Find somebody who does and ask them a question and keep searching God's word. And when we do those things, we will find ourselves walking the route that God has for our, our lives. Let me give you three real practical things and then we'll pray. Three practical tips when it comes to reading God's word. Because if we want to know his will... We've got to read his word. So three practical things. Kind of summarize all these things. Number one, read God's word consistently. Don't stop. Keep going consistent. Day by day. Every day. Read something. Read it consistently. Number two, read it slowly. Read it slowly. I gotta get my chapter in. Gotta get my chapter in. Gotta get my. Got another. Cha- I gotta go to the next thing. Gotta go. Gotta, 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 gotta hurry this thing up. Nope. Pause. Take a deep breath. Read it slowly. Watch and listen what God wants to say to you as you do that. God is not impressed with the amount of scripture that you read. Hear me, God smiles at the life that is transformed by the little bit that they understand. Amount is not our goal. Understanding and application is what we're after. Read it slowly, read it slowly. Third, read it with other people. You might read it by yourself, but talk about it with other people because they're gonna share an experience or perspective that you're missing. Read it with other people. I love on our YouVersion Bible app and our reading plans that we're going through, you can start a plan, any plan that you want. And when you start the plan, it'll give you the option to do it by yourself or to read it with friends. I highly encourage you to read it with somebody else. As a church, we have one open to anybody that wants to to join and read along with us. But maybe there's some other people that you would rather you would feel more comfortable or confident reading it with just them. That's great. Do it. 
Find somebody, read the scripture, and then share it with each other what it is that you're learning. Why? Because when you share what you learn, you retain it even more. And it helps you apply it even better. Listen, if we read God's word and we apply it, we will live out God's wisdom within his will. You will live it out. You will live out God's will, showing forth God's wisdom when you read his word and you apply it. Will you stand with me? I want to pray today. Would you bow your heads? Close your minds. And just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Maybe you're here and you've never accepted God's word as his will. You've never made the decision to say, not my will, God, but your will. And today is a day that you want to say, Jesus, I'm following after you. Maybe today's a day that you're going to start reading God's word consistently again. Maybe it's a day that you're going to start turning some things down in your life. What is it God is saying to you today? How can we apply what it is that we're learning? Holy Spirit, you're speaking to each of us. You're transforming us. You're showing us the way. God, I pray that today we would answer your will. We would submit to your will. We would say yes to you and no to ourselves. God, we would get into your word and discover the route you have for us to take. We would lean in. We would read it. We would discover it. We would store it up. God, we would apply it. We would turn our ear towards it and turn our ear down towards other things. God, we would, we would keep searching after and finding you in the process. God, I pray that you would help each of us to walk in your will, to live according to your ways, and God, to enjoy the blessings of your promises fulfilled as we do it your way, not ours. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.